So this is quite a moment. <laughs> Stacy and I have been in Lincoln for one week, the candidating week that is the culmination of a search process that stretches for congregation and minister, counting interim and discernment several years back for all of us. In this week, we have had 26 distinct events <laughs> to get to know each other. So, let's take a breath. In about an hour, you will have the opportunity to call me to be the next minister of the Unitarian Church of Lincoln. And I hope I'm not being too forward when I say that I hope the vote is a positive one. <laughs> I'm not a disinterested observer today. <laughs> because from the first evening sitting in our living room in the Bronx, looking at the material your search committee put together, Stacy and I have felt like there is something special going on in Lincoln. This week has confirmed that for us, there is something special happening in Lincoln, and I want to be a part of it. But before we vote, <laughs> we worship. I had a sermon that I wrote earlier in the week, and, and at about 8 o'clock last night, I said, this is not the sermon I want to give. <laughs> I want to talk about hope. I want to talk about hope. So I rewrote the sermon. This is the new one. A New York colleague of mine famously said he wants Unitarian Universalists to be known as the love people. No. <laughs> no, I want us to be people of hope. I want us to be the people of hope. To me, hope is the North Star of our association, the, the thing that we fix on as we journey together. This isn't the, the prudent gates of optimism of our opening reading, but the, the hope to see the world both as it is and as it could be, as it will be. It was a hymn that taught me hope. I joined a Unitarian Universalist congregation for the first time as an adult with my optimism badly shaken. I spent two years as a Peace Corps volunteer, and if you had asked me at the end of those two years if I had done any good, my answer would have been, uh, I don't know. What I did have a clear image of was the pain that I had seen. Malnutrition, sickness, a school without teachers, a village, as I said last week, where the gardening was done by the very old or the very ill, because those were all the adults that were left. I left for Peace Corps wondering if I should become a minister. I came home from Peace Corps and decided that I did not ever want to. There's a, there's a lyric of a song that I love God bent down and made the world in seven days, and ever since, he's been walking away. <laughs> that is how I felt 
in those years. I've been a Unitarian Universalist my entire adult life. We joined when I was in high school. But it wasn't until that fall that I really wrapped my head around what that meant. It wasn't a sermon. It wasn't a reading. It wasn't a deep conversation with my minister, although all those things played a role. It was a hymn that says, we'll build a land where we bind up the broken. We'll build a land where the captives go free, where the oil of gladness dissolves all mourning. Oh, we'll build the promised land that can be. A promised land that can be. This, this is the great hope of our tradition. Not a promised land co-signed by divinity descending on high like a chandelier but a promised land that can be in this world, built with these hands, with these people, human people, human hands. I've been asked many times this week how I describe my theology, often as a question in a Q&A, what's your theology? <laughs> <laughs> and I've often responded with a joke that, uh, I'm a great fan of Richard Gilbert, who is a religious humanist in Rochester. And when asked what that meant, he said, I'm an agnostic with footnotes. <laughs> and that is true of me. And there are a lot of footnotes. But the theology that he was describing was religious humanism. I am through and through a humanist. I believe that the final measure of who we are is how we act in this world to each other. I do not find the idea of a cosmic tally sheet leading to reward or punishment either necessary or compelling in my life. There is enough hell in this world. But I'm a religious humanist because I believe in community. I believe in what can happen when we come together in spaces like this, that we can do more together than we can do more apart. There is a universalist truth at the heart of our tradition. The faith that claims that each person has inherent worth and dignity, that no earthly or celestial language can exaggerate the worth of a human life. It is our calling as people and communities of faith to live into that hope, to bring it more fully present into every interaction we have. Our congregations should reflect the world that we want to build. And so we are called to live together in covenant and in community, working to build the promised land that can be here, in these walls, with these people. This is not work that will be completed in our lifetime. This is the lesson I had not yet learned when I left Peace Corps. We are saved by our hope as Niebuhr writes. In old Unitarian language, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I see a lot of hope in this place. The Unitarian Church of Lincoln is in the midst of a tidal shift in its history. New governance, new covenant, new building. These are signs of hope and faith in an organization. 
where will you go from this point? There are so many possibilities that at times this week I have had to sit back and take a breath and wonder. This isn't the prudent optimism of Safford. You've been clear about difficult times you've had in the past, clear-eyed about potential challenges in the future. But it is also clear that you want this place to thrive, to be an example for Unitarian Universalism and the city of Lincoln of what an engaged, passionate congregation looks like when it shows up. Two weeks ago, my friend Charles Blackburn died. I knew Charles as a tenor in the choir of the First Unitarian Church of Baltimore. He and his husband, Glenn, were one of the first couples to get married in Maryland after a successful fight to get a marriage equality referendum passed in Maryland. Years before, he had worked for the ACLU and been a plaintiff in an early marriage equality case. He and Glenn got married the week of Charles's 80th birthday. Charles moved to Baltimore in the mid-70s, but prior to that, he was the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Huntsville, Alabama. He wasn't from Alabama. He grew up in Maryland and Virginia. The first church he served was in Hayward, California. He followed a call to Huntsville in 1963 because he wanted to be a part of the civil rights movement. In the next decade, he marched at Selma, had a cross burned in his yard, at one point had to be smuggled out of a small town in Louisiana by private airplane off a private landing strip because of a tip that the county sheriff was coming to arrest him and the folks he was working with. Years later, he, he described an early encounter in Macomb, Mississippi. He said, we in received instructions on driving techniques for civil rights workers. Disconnect all interior lights of the car so as not to provide a clear target at night. Drive down the center lane of the highway without lights, if possible, in order to thwart moves to run you off the road. It's like a bad B-movie thriller, but real. Our task was to assist a group of people in nearby Magnolia, Mississippi, to register to vote. I escorted a 94-year-old black Baptist minister and his 80-year-old wife to the county courthouse to register. And we were arrested for trespassing on the courthouse grounds. Charles was sustained in his showing up by his hope that a better world was possible. But what made him effective was relationship. We cannot do this work alone. When he wrote the, the history of Unitarian Universalists at Selma, at, of our association sometimes halting, sometimes failed, sometimes glorious engagement with the civil rights movement, Professor Mark Morrison Reed made this 
fundamental observation. In 1964, somewhere between a third and half of fellowshiped Unitarian Universalist clergy participated in the March for Voting Rights from Selma to Montgomery. We don't have the same kind of tracking and numbers for lay participation, but we know from anecdotal reports it was also high. What made the moment at Selma possible, Reed wrote, is that ministers, lay people, the association was already in relationship with the SCLC and civil rights leadership throughout the South. The Unitarian Universalist Church in, uh, in Georgia, in Atlanta, hosted Ebenezer Baptist regularly. They were in close conversation. So when the call went out to show up at Selma, Unitarian Universalists answered it because they already had a relationship. The foundation of relationship was necessary to the work of showing up. I've talked this week about my work in Baltimore, the organization, Bridge, that forms a network of churches throughout the city, working on issues of shared concern. When I was there, five, six years ago, the issue was jobs, but the relationships that were built in that network became central to how the congregation showed up in the aftermath of Freddie Gray's death in a police van in Baltimore City. Last summer, I spent a warm day representing my congregation at the opening of a new expansion of the Islamic Center of Long Island. They've long been one of Shelter Rock's interfaith partners, and it was a, a celebration of that relationship, their new building, some great food. Four months later, they sent out an email saying that they were convening a community meeting. In the aftermath of last fall's election, there were several cases of harassment against Muslim students in high schools in Long Island. Because of that pre-existing relationship, our congregation showed up. So two months ago, sitting on my couch, looking through the search committee's materials on this congregation, what jumped out at me first was your mission. I've heard it dozens, if not hundreds, of times. In Long Island, at every children's chapel or intergenerational service, we say together, this is a faith of the open mind. This is a faith of the loving heart. This is a faith of the helping hands. But to this very familiar litany, you added, we are people of open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands who show up, who show up. That is the basis for a lot of my hope. People showing up to create a better world is how we will build the beloved community. Maybe not in my lifetime, maybe not in the lifetime of anyone in this room, but through showing up, we inch our way closer. So my challenge to you, then, is this. With whom will you be in relationship? With whom will you partner? Who will you show up for? 
This is the next great question in the life of this church. It's a question that goes well beyond who's behind this pulpit from week to week, although I very much hope to be a part of that. <laughs> but it is the question who, which will define who you are in this city, how you are known. Where does the Unitarian Church of Lincoln show up? Who are they in relationship with? We are a people of hope. We have the audacity to sing about a promised land, a promised land that we will have a part in building. It is, on the face of it, an absurd hope. But the arc of the moral universe is long and it bends towards justice. My friend, Charles Blackburn, lived a life committed to a vision of justice for all. And he died after celebrating the fourth anniversary of his marriage with Glenn. Our actions reap consequences long after we are gone. At the conclusion of his book on Selma, Mark Morrison Reed writes, it is not possible nor necessary to know the outcome of our actions. Therefore, we act in faith. Faith asks not that we succeed, but that we try. We try because we yearn to live our values. Conscience urges us on, for we have dreamed of a better, more just tomorrow. We care, therefore we act. In acting, we risk having our hearts broken a thousand times. Therefore, we are sustained by hope. That is the price those who cleared the way for us accepted. It is what living fully, deeply, and with integrity demands. May we live fully and deeply with that integrity. Amen. <laughs>